Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together. Hello, Dov. Hi, Abby. We are in a uh, chapter of numbers that I would defy 90% of Jews to ever say they've ever heard of. Pinchas. Pinchas, yes. I'm going to just start with the verses because then we'll sort of know where we are. But basically, we're nowhere. I mean, that's what's that. What, what I'm saying is, there's no <laughs> connection of these characters to any other characters we've talked about or read or seen in the Torah before now. Am I right about that? Correct. These are all new characters. We are at the cusp of entering into the land of Canaan, and the Torah has just done a whole naming of all of the tribes and all of the people. That's why we say numbers because numbers, we're counting exactly, and saying that these are the tribes that the land is going to be divided among. So that's the context. Okay. And it's it, we have to at least note that we're talking about women for a change. There aren't a lot of female characters in the Torah. So that at least is striking, although the fact that it's obscure is probably, again, showing how rare it is that people talk about women in the Torah. Enough preamble. Here we go. We're in chapter 27, Numbers 27, 1. I'm just reading the end of that first paragraph or verse. These are the names of his daughters. Whose daughters? A guy by the name of Tzlafchad. <laughs> that literally sounds like a name you would make up for a comedy sketch. One more time. Tzlafchad. Tzlafchad. Very well done. Okay, and these are the names of his daughters. Machla, Noah, and Hogla. Sorry, is it really, it's, it's spelled like hog. That's why I'm laughing like a 10-year-old, 5-year-old. And Milcha. And Tirza, right? Yep. Five named women, as you said, very unusual Yay. to have named women. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, the priest, and before the princes. Who are the princes? The heads of the tribes. And all the congregation at the door of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not among the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korach. Okay, totally confused. What does that mean? That's a previous parsha. Korach was a r- rebel. He was trying to oh, undermine yes. Moses' leadership, this. and he got and it was a, a battle. Yep, and he got a whole group of the Israelites to back him. Right, but he died in his own sin. They're talking about his fathers, and he had no sons. First of all, he died in his own sin. It sounds like he died in his own sick. Well, I think it's the biblical theology that ultimately when we die, it's on account of our sins, but that's a whole other conversation. And we also die with them, right? Because we haven't haven't atoned. Uh, They go on, why should the name of our father be done away from among his family because he had no son? Give unto us a possession among the brethren of our father. So basically what I see there is they're saying, why should our surname, the name of our father, be lost because he didn't have a boy? to carry on the name. And we should be able to have his possessions, despite the fact that our name is different. Right. Well, specifically, a portion of the land of Israel. So, and in the Bible's laws of inheritance, it was before this event, it would only pass on to the males. So if there were no sons, it would go to the father's brother or to the father's nephews, but it would never go to any daughters. And they are saying, you know, if we follow that, then the land will pass away from our father's line. And by the way, that's that obviously is not just biblical times. I mean, that continued right. for a long time. That there, it was absolutely, a, absolutely. And Moses brought their cause before the Lord. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Shlachad, thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren, and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. 
And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. Yay! <laughs> this is one moment of real justice. Major move. Pro, you know, proto-feminist. Uh, feminist, proto-feminist God. Yes. Is saying, yep, you guys can have the land. Well, but we should acknowledge that it's a half measure. I mean, it's huge, but... It is a portion as opposed it's a, to only, nothing. Right, only when there are no sons. If there are sons and daughters, the sons get it all. If there's one son and ten daughters, the one son gets it all. Right. But, but as a second tier, they come before any other man. And I think what's striking to me, just my first reaction to this, is that this is one of those rare times where someone is arguing for something and gets it. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, there's so many times where you want something or, you know, someone wants something in, in our Hebrew Bible and is denied it or pines for it has yeah. longing for it. This is, they they had they made a good argument and they won. Yeah, this goes back to the fairness point that has come up in previous episodes that you, I think you are Which always, everyone has listened to. Because right. Because they listen to every <laughs> episode. I think that you are regularly, you know, going back to, and rightly so. I, I actually think that the, in the Hebrew, there's just one word. The first word that God says in response to Moses is Cain. Cain benotes lefchad dovrot properly they have spoken rightly they have spoken you know their claim is a just one so i think that's very powerful and yes and then they do get justice you know maybe not again total equality let's acknowledge the realities of the time but a profound step forward and does it tell us i i mean at least it tells me that it's worth arguing for your piece of the pie absolutely I mean, that, I mean that's something that isn't necessarily a regular takeaway from the torah particularly for women that you are entitled to something right you're entitled to this absolutely i mean i do think it's interesting to note that with their pushing their claim they're playing within like they're knowing how to navigate the patriarchy you know they come to moses all the leaders of the tribes there's no question about the male authority here we're not challenging that and then they say um you know they don't say give us because it wouldn't be fair. Where are father's children as well? Where's the fairness? What they say is, what will this do to our father's name? Which is a concern, again, within the patriarchy. But do you think they really care about that? Or are they just kind of making the best argument to get what they want? That's what I think. I mean, there's no way of knowing. But I think that, you know, I think that is a general recurring theme when women are able to sort of you know, get what they're going for in the Bible, often it's because they, they know how to navigate the realities of the patriarchy. And I think, you know, raises interesting questions nowadays, right? How much do you challenge the whole system and how much do you try to work within it? Well, and also just what about that sense of what a, a name, what a legacy means, what a family, I mean, that you, your wife didn't take your name, if I may be right, so personal. that is correct. Did that bother you? It did not bother me. Um, it bothered my. Uh, <laughs> it bothered one of my parents. I'll say that. Um, I will say that. It shall not be named. Uh, shall not be named. I will say when we lived for a few years in Boca Raton, Florida. Are there Jews in Boca? Isn't Florida God's waiting room anyway? <laughs> um, but anyway, when I I went to pick up our dry cleaning once, and I said Linzer, and they said, "Oh, we don't have anything." I said, "Oh, maybe my wife dropped it off. Can you look under Zlot Tower?" And they said. Why does your wife have a different last name than you? So, <laughs> But it's not quite clear why in this Parsha God does see it their way. 
that that confuses me. Like, what what's persuasive? Right. Is God saying saying, "Oh, right, this is how we do justice by tzlafchad to make sure His name continues," or is God really saying like? God doesn't have to, you know, with God, it's not about the patriarchy. God is saying, like, Cain, like, yes, they are right. They are just. Their cause is just, you know. There's no mention. It's an excellent point I never thought of. You know, there is no mention Thank in you, God's Dov. response. Yes, there's no mention in God's response of Tzlavchad. It's all about the women, you know. I mean, it's the daughters of Tzlavchad, but there's no mention of his interests. And do these women ever come back? Yes. Interestingly, right at the uh, end of the book of Numbers, uh, they come back because... It's an interesting story how uh, this was a ha- this didn't fully succeed. They are getting of the piece of the inheritance um, because the other members of their of their tribe come to Moses and say, "Look, they're going to marry men from another tribe, and then this portion of our tribal land will transfer to another tribe." And Moses uh, says. Oh, you're right. And uh, so and, they reverse. They, they do a one. no. What they say is that they have to only marry men from their tribe. So it's, you know, it limits their freedom to some degree. Of course, it comes back to limiting freedom. Right. It's, you know, it's balancing the realities of the patriarchy. But the amazing thing is, I think that the rabbis here come to the rescue because the rabbis say that was only for that generation. For all future generations, when women inherit the land of their father, That's it. they can marry whoever they, they can marry them once. So as we finish up here, what are we missing in this? What, what's the, the takeaway from this, Parsha, if any? Well... The question I ask myself is, it would, it's really nice to live at a time when you can go to God and you can go and say to a rabbi or a leader, hey, this isn't fair. And they say, let me check with God. And then God can come and clarify or revise. I would love to be able to say, let me take that to God. Let me take that claim and have God come back and say, Cain, you know, well, maybe you you're can. right. Maybe the cause you can. is just. Well, I think that the, for, for modern Orthodox Jews, for myself, the challenge is to take on part like to partner with God because that's what I think interpreting and applying halacha and finding out can we find a path here you know we can't do a straight revision but can we find a path that's true to halacha that acknowledges the truth of the claim and of the human reality so that's well you know where I come out on that (laughs) I think I hope you can find that path thank you Shabbat Shabbat Shalom Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dove Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. It's produced by Shira Talishkin. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a review, rate us. That always helps more people find out about Parsha in Progress. And make sure to tell all of your friends. You can also write to us at ParshaInProgress at tabletmag.com. We'd love to hear your comments. 